Welcome to this little mess of mine. The sitcom Cable Won't Pick Up. I'm your host, Lena Rock, and I welcome you on this journey as I clean out my closet full of reality. On today's episode, I want to open up the deepest parts of my core and dive into my truth and empowerment. So grab your drink and let's dive in. At a very young age, I was groomed that I had to fit in. I had to be just like them. That was perfection. Don't draw attention to your differences. Just fit in. You can't get hurt and you won't be made fun of if you look like them. They can't see what makes you different if you just camouflage. But at what point do you remove yourself from the cycle of mediocrity? At what point do you create your own journey? At what point do you become your own person, your true self? I always knew I was different, and I learned very young to present myself a certain way in order to not call attention to my differences. I don't belong to just one side of my cultural heritage, as I have mentioned this before, and I have become a chameleon very early in my life to survive. The color of my skin, coarseness of my hair, the way I speak, and how I carry myself don't match. I am too dark to look like I have been educated with the privileged and I am too light to truly understand the struggles of my gentrified brethren. Everywhere I went, I was the odd man out. I did go to great schools and grew up in a privileged and liberal part of Western Washington. I had everything I could have ever wanted and needed, but I was surrounded by the fact that I looked like I did not belong. Every school I went to, I was asked if I was adopted, bullied because my mom was a single mother and my biological father didn't play any active role in my life. In my own family, my grandmother treated me differently. I'm pretty sure it was because she grew up in an era where segregation was acceptable and bigotry was celebrated. But she, in her own way, made it very clear I was different. She would go out of her way to connect with my cousins, but it took her until I was almost 15 to actually give me one-on-one attention. When I look at my family photos today, it's like looking at a coffee stain on your favorite white t-shirt. You know why it's there and how it happened, But no matter how many times you wash it, the shirt is ruined. Honestly, I'm too afraid to try one of those DNA kits. I mean, yeah, it'd be really cool to find out what my DNA heritage is and why my skin tone is the perfect shade of tan. But it won't fix 
the fact that I am multiracial and very unclear about how I'm supposed to feel about it. Growing up, I could not look to TV and media for African-American role models because all of them were chameleons just like me. They were doing everything they could to fit in. If they stood up for themselves or people of color, they were categorized as radical and then removed. So when I watched shows and saw characters of color, they were the stereotypes we see today. The bad guy, dysfunctional, in jail, uneducated, and the butt of every joke. I didn't have to see the movie Birth of a Nation to recognize 401 years of oppression. At eight, I knew what I wanted to do with my life and what kind of career I wanted. I aspired to be the next big radio star. I wanted to go to school and get my master's in communication. But I was under the impression the only way I was going to succeed in this society was to either be an athlete or a singer like Whitney Houston. I only knew of a few men and women that fought against the powers of oppression from school and in my history textbooks. They literally had five pages of text on the whole subject. One page for Martin Luther King Jr., a half a page each for Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, and Harriet Tubman. The rest was about the Civil War, and mostly it talked about Ulysses S. Grant, the Emancipation Proclamation, and how Abraham Lincoln was the savior of black people. My family never talked about people of color doing anything positive in society unless they were pushing the privileged agenda that allowed the continuation of the oppression and the injustices we see today. No, I don't and can never truly understand the African-American struggle. I have never been turned down for a job or been followed in a store or refused service because of the color of my skin. But what I did and do understand is how to pass as ambiguously multiracial. By the time I was in high school, I mastered this. I realized that if I changed one thing about myself, the shade of my skin and the way I carry myself would allow me to slide under the prejudice of my surroundings. I had to change one thing, and I chose to change something so ingrained as being African, my hair. All my life, my hair has constantly been touched, poofed, poked, prodded, told it looks like cotton candy, told I looked like I needed to brush my hair, told I looked like I just woke up, you name it by everyone. When I would sleep over at a friend's house or have a sleepover myself as a young kid, I would wake up early before all the other girls and fix my hair so they couldn't see the Medusa mess. Into my adulthood, having boyfriends and sleeping over with them, my hair was never out of place when I woke up. It is kinky, nappy, and completely unruly. The last thing I needed was to be made fun of 
or not loved because of something I couldn't control. If I wore my hair down so it was natural or in braids, it drew so much attention when I was a kid that at school my teachers would tell me to stop talking when all I was trying to do was get the person next to me or behind me to stop touching my freaking hair. Of course, I could never get the redemption and the cycle would just continue. So, because I couldn't stop it, I changed it. Reflecting on my surroundings and the area I grew up in, my mom really should have done this a long time before I had asked her to. I mean, what was she going to do with the mop on my head? She didn't know how to take care of it. Nobody did. Don't get me wrong. We all learned a lot in the many years Hair Masters was managing my hair through trial and error. But when I was 12, I was fed up of being different and having to explain myself. So my mom and I would spend hours and hours blow drying and flat ironing two to three times a week to make my hair fit in. It was like this until I felt confident enough and frankly had the upper arm strength to do it myself. I can count on one hand the number of times my hair was curly and down between the ages of 12 and 22. I wanted so bad to fit in. I would dye my hair blonde, use sun in to lighten it up, I was so ashamed of my hair in its natural state because I didn't know any better and I wasn't taught. See, the thing about being mixed race is that everything about you is a blend, including the bane of my existence, my hair. My hair has these perfect ringlet Polynesian curls in the front framing my face but in the back, I look like I'm straight off the boat from Africa. I don't know how many times I've broken a hairbrush or finished brushing my hair with a headache because the back of my head would get so snarled. Sometimes I couldn't get my snarled hair unbrushed, so I would just cut the knot out, thinking to myself, I wish I could just cut that piece of me that's different so I could fit in better and I wouldn't have to do this. The one time in high school I made the mistake of not straightening my hair, I was told I looked like Mufasa from Lion King. The sad part is I already said that to myself in the mirror. Still to this day, I cannot wear my hair down and curly without a pep talk, and a hair tie. I'm so ashamed of how my hair looks when it's curly that I do my best to not look in mirrors. It has become such a hypersensitive topic for me that I even have pushed on my unsure feelings about my daughter's hair on her. My daughter has hair that is straight, but it's the same texture as mine. And she can brush it three to four times a day, and it looks like she didn't brush it at all. I have been ingrained and brought up and groomed to 
outwardly show perfection. I could not make a mistake. I could not be different. So in my adult life, I have tried my best to come into accepting my African culture and everything that goes along with it. My curly hair and nappy roots. That today, instead of searching for acceptance from other people that don't look like me, I am now searching for acceptance of those who I share a skin tone shade with and a cultural heritage with. Being accepted by the people I am supposed to share my cultural heritage with is a confusing concept for me. I know at first glance I appear to be a strong, confident woman who doesn't give two shits what anybody else thinks. But in reality, I am just as scared, unsure, and in need of social approval as anybody. The thing I have mastered is when I need to, I can just show you what I want you to see. But I still look for acceptance from the people that don't really fucking matter. If I dare to be different or stand up for myself, it puts me right back in the mindset of that little girl who was surrounded and constantly reminded she was different. Don't make waves. Just fit in. You're just a little white girl with a great tan. These thoughts both felt my confidence so I could grow and empower, but they also stunted my ability to truly self-actualize when I had the freedom to. I mean, I have faked my confidence and hid what I felt I needed to hide for so long that when I look in the mirror sometimes, I really do believe the lies I tell myself. They say people don't change overnight. And it's true. It has taken me over 10 years of fighting with myself to get where I am today. I have been uncomfortable and I've had to really look at myself. Good, bad, ugly, weird, all of it. I had to do this in order to grow into my power. To grow into and accept my African culture. I made a promise to my daughter before she took her first breath. And I have been in a race with time to be the hero I promised her I would be. I wanted her to grow up and be free of the life cycle I endured. I know that if I had had the confidence when I was her age and was able to truly empower myself, I would not have made some of the same decisions that I did then. See, now, don't get me wrong. I don't regret any of it because it is a part of my journey. But I have done a lot of soul searching to understand myself internally. I cannot say I have it all figured out, and no one really ever does. But understand that you are not alone. And if you are taking your first step, Make sure your intentions are strong enough and deep enough to fight the urges to revert because we don't have time to be fake-ass people.
Well, thank you for listening and hearing a part of my story. Maybe you feel less alone, and I hope it has inspired you to look at yourself and your neighbor, not for your differences, but come from a point of understanding. When we come from a place of empathy and understanding, the world can and will grow to be better for the next generation. So if you like what I had to say, or if you don't, leave me a review, a comment, or share this with a friend. If you don't want to miss out on any more of my realities, please subscribe or follow me at This Little Mess. Thank you again for stopping and taking time to have a drink with me. Until we get to talk again, I'm Lena Rock, and you've been invited into this little mess of mine.